Glory, glory. Again, it's good to be saved. If you're not saved, you need to get saved. Amen. People talk about, man, you just want to jam religion down my throat. I'm trying to give you the best thing you could ever have. Amen. And, uh, and that's Jesus Christ and his righteousness. And I'm so glad. Listen, I am so glad that when God looks at me, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's the only way you're going to make it in. And uh, Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the, of the Pharisees, you're not going to make it in. And you say, well, the Pharisees, they weren't very righteous. Man, you look at their track record. On the outside, they look pretty good. Um, but you need something better than man's righteousness. You need the righteousness of God in Christ. And you can have it. Amen? The only one keeping you from getting saved is you. Amen. Well, it's been a wonderful week. Thank you uh, for all that you've done for us and your kindness to us. Thank you for your friendship and your fellowship in the gospel. And uh, I just want to mention one more time before we leave to please, if you haven't picked up one of our uh, prayer cards, the Evangelize New Brunswick prayer cards, please pick up one of those and pray for that ministry. And um, just pray that God would open doors and uh, that we'd be faithful to go through them, that we'd have the boldness to preach the gospel, and that uh, there would be a harvest of souls. That's what we're praying for. And so uh, thank you for, uh, uh, for just all you've done for us this week. It's just been a joy once again to be here. Well, we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy tonight, Deuteronomy chapter 25. I almost went to Leviticus. You know how much I love Leviticus. But I almost went there tonight, but the Lord wouldn't give me the go-ahead on that. So we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 25. You let me get close, amen? But um, Deuteronomy chapter 25. And appreciate the friendship of your pastor and your pastor, amen? Both of your pastors. Uh, dear friends of mine, I appreciate their their friendship and and counsel and wisdom and and uh, and uh, brother uh, Pastor Kenny's cooking, Amen. I appreciate that. As I said at the beginning of the week, we're both foodies. He's a he's a foodie that cooks, and I'm a foodie that eats. And so it's I mean it's just God put that together. So uh, we appreciate that. We've had a good time. And uh, it's just been good to be here. Deuteronomy 25, if you found your place, I invite you to stand with me if you're able. We'll read a few verses here, beginning in chapter, uh, uh, chapter 25, verse 17. Deuteronomy 25, verse 17. The Bible says, Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way, when you were come forth out of Egypt. How he met thee by the way, and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee, when thou wast faint and weary, and he feared not God. Therefore it shall be, when the Lord thy God hath given thee rest from all thine enemies round about, in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven." Thou shalt not forget it. I want to preach tonight on remembering Amalek. Remembering Amalek. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your blessings on us tonight. Thank you for loving us, taking such good care of us. Lord, thank you for meeting with us in this place all week long. Lord, you've spoken to my heart, and I believe you've spoken to the hearts of all that were here that were listening. And God, we give you all the glory and praise for that. God, we've come together one more time in this meeting, and uh, we're gathered around your word, and we're looking to you. And Lord, our bodies may be tired and a little weary, but God, our, our, our spirit is willing. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And so God, would you uh, speak to us once again? Guide us in the truth. Lord, give us something that will help us as we leave this place. And as always, Lord, if there's someone here unsaved, 
God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts and draw them by your spirit. Help them to understand that they're hopeless and helpless without Christ. And God, make it so clear to them that their righteousness will never get them into heaven, but that Jesus Christ offers his righteousness uh, to all who will receive it. And Lord, I pray they would tonight. Now, God, we pray that in all things that are said and done and heard, that you would be obeyed, that your name would be reverenced and honored. God, that the word of God would have free course. We'll thank you and praise you for it all. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. If, uh, if you're a Bible reader tonight, or if you have been in the past, you probably recognize the name Amalek. Amalek was one of the chief enemies of the nation of Israel. As they came out of Egypt, uh, Amalek, uh, uh, Amalek attacked them, and we'll read a little bit more in detail about what they did to the children of Israel. But as soon as, as soon, it seemed like as soon as they got out of Egypt, Egypt, Amalek was on the attack. And as you study Amalek, you find that he represents the flesh. Amalek is a type of the flesh. A little bit about his background. According to Genesis 36, verse 12, Amalek, uh, the Amalekites and Amalek got their start. Amalek was the grandson of Esau, Esau, the twin brother of Jacob. We understand as you look down through Scripture, you'll find uh, that uh, there's always this conflict between Jacob and Esau. And, uh, and Jacob was a man of the world, and, uh, or uh, Esau was a man of the world, and Jacob became a prince with God. And you know what a prince is, don't you? What's a prince? It's the son of a king, right? That's when you got saved, you became a child of God, the king of kings. You became a prince with God. And, um, and so you've got Jacob, who is a type of the believer. And then you've got Esau as a type of the flesh. And so Amalek here is the grandson of Esau. He's a type of the flesh. And, uh, and, and we see that Amalek was opposed to the children of God as soon as they were delivered from Egyptian bondage, Amalek was right there knocking on the door. Amalek was right there attacking the people of God, trying to turn them aside from the will of God and trying to destroy their walk with God. Now listen, as a very, very clear and a very important truth for us to understand that uh, when you get saved, and probably you remember when you got saved, and possibly you thought, hey, I'm saved now, and now the battle's over, and, and everything's going to be fine, and everything's going to be good, and, and, and nothing's going to harm me or, or deter me. I'm just going to follow God, and nothing's going to stop me. And it wasn't very long after you got saved, maybe on your way home from church that night, that old Amalek sne uh, sneaked up beside you and said, here I am. That old flesh, listen, are you listening? The flesh does not get saved. So, preacher, I'm saved. I know you're saved, but that flesh isn't saved. You know, salvation comes in three parts. Man is three parts. Do you know that? Salvation comes in three parts. We are saved. The moment we trust Christ, we are saved. But we're being saved day by day, renewed by the Holy Ghost. And we will be saved. You know what that is? You are saved spiritually. You're saved. You're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Nothing can change that. When you're, when you're born again, you're made a new creature in Christ Jesus. And that new creature always does those things that please the Father. What a blessing that is. There's a part of you that don't sin. Praise God. But then that soul, it's a process. It's a work, isn't it? And God's working on us. And each day we're renewed day by day by the Spirit of God. And so we're being saved. But then we will be saved. That flesh, that flesh always does the things that please 
pleases the flesh. And your flesh is not saved. I know a lot of people, they struggle with the, with the assurance of their salvation because they, they feel like if I was saved, I wouldn't think that, I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't do that, and a saved person doesn't do those things. The flesh does those things. Saved or lost. Are you listening? Yes, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, but you're still dragging around the old creature. Amen. The Bible calls it the new man and the old man, right? And so that when, when we're looking at this story, we're thinking about Amalek. You know what Amalek is? He's the old man. And you got saved. You said, praise God. Man, I'm, I'm just going to live for God. I'm never going to turn my back on God. I'm never going to say what I used to say and do what I used to do. And the flesh comes along. Amalek comes along and says, I'm still here. So there's three things I want to talk about when we're talking about remembering Amalek. The Lord here tells the children of Israel, he says, I want you to remember what Amalek did to you. Don't forget what Amalek did to you. Now, why would God want them to remember that? So that they could, number one, be aware of it have a consciousness that, that, listen, Amalek is going to be there. Say, oh, preacher, we made it out of Egypt. We got saved by the blood of the Lamb. Man, praise God, we're clean and washed. Yes, we are, but Amalek is not clean and washed. Amalek is not saved by the blood of the Lamb. As a matter of fact, God's going to have to change old Amalek before he can make it to heaven. He's going to have to give us a new body. We need to be aware of Amalek. Amalek manifests itself in many ways in our life through lust, through unbelief, through bitterness, through fear. Those are all fruit and works of Amalek. Look what Amalek does here. When you look at our text, look at verse number 18. He said, he said I want you to remember what he did. Verse 18, it says, How he met thee by the way. First of all, we see how Amalek attacks. He, 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 the Bible says, he met thee by the way, and look at this, and smote the hindmost of thee. You know what that means when he's talking about the hindmost of thee? He's talking about Amalek came up behind you. He's sneaky. Let me tell you something. Are you listening? Look up here and listen to this right here because this is some good counsel and some good help for you. You come out of a week of meetings where you've been in church every night. You've been hearing the word of God every night. God's been working in your heart every night. You're saying, oh, praise God. I'm on the narrow way. I'm going to serve God, and nothing's going to stop me now. Guess what? That's when Amalek likes to attack. He likes to sneak up behind you when you're not aware of what's going on, and he's going to try to attack you. Listen, I found this out many years in the ministry. This is what I found out. Mondays. Mondays are my hardest days spiritually. I'll tell you why. If we have a good Sunday, then I have to beware of pride. If we have a bad Sunday, then I have to beware of discouragement. You know what the problem is with pride and discouragement, both ends of those spectrum? It's all flesh. It's flesh. And, and, I, and I, I found out, listen, I have to guard my heart and watch and be, be aware and be, beware of Amalek after some victory. Look at, uh, look at Exodus chapter 17. Look at Exodus 17. Keep your place there in Deuteronomy 25. Look at Exodus 17. Just trying to give you some good biblical help tonight coming out of a, a, a meeting. Exodus 17, and we'll be back and forth between these two passages uh, for the, pretty much the remainder of the, of the service, although we will get to some New Testament truth. You, I know you've probably been shocked this week that I'm actually preaching on the New Testament. Amen. I just like the types and the pictures in the Old Testament. It helps me to learn. Amen. 
And so look at Exodus 17, look at verse number 8, or I'm sorry, but before we get to verse number 8, you know what we find? We see God providing for the children of Israel with water from the rock. They're out in the, listen, they're in a dry and thirsty land. They're saying, oh man, we're going to, we're, we're, you know, we need water. We're going we're gonna, to uh, die of, of thirst. And, and the Lord p- supplies for them. Look at uh, verse, number, uh, verse number five. And the Lord said unto Moses, go on before the people. Take with thee of the elders of Israel the, uh, and thy rod, uh, wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee. There upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, because they tempt the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? So they're crying for, for thirst. They say, is God with us? Is God here? Is God going to help us? And God comes through and God works a miracle on their behalf. Moses stands at that rock. He takes that rod. He smites that rock and water comes forth out of that rock. Listen, friend, you think, how much, how much water came out? Enough to satisfy uh, two million people plus their cattle. It wasn't just a little... You know, a little channel of water coming out of the rock. It came gushing out of that rock. Well, talk about God providing in a miraculous way. And in those moments, it's it's easy to think, well, praise the Lord, I'm never going to doubt the Lord now. I'm never going to have another doubt in my mind. I'm always going to trust God. I'm always going to live for God. Look what God has done. Beware, because right around the corner, guess who's waiting for you? Amalek's waiting for you. You see it in verse number 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Amalek is sneaky. Amalek will try to convince you that he's not Amalek. So what do you mean, preacher? I mean this. He'll put a religious coating on what he's saying or doing. How many people say, well, you know, I just believe, I just feel God leading me in this way. And you can show them from the Bible where God's not leading you that way. Well, well you know, I just feel like this is what God, listen, Amalek loves when we live by feelings. He loves that. Because if he can get you living by your feelings, he can get you doing stuff that God doesn't approve of. He's sneaky. And you see how he attacked them. He sneaked up behind them. But look also back in, in uh, Deuteronomy 25. You kept your place there, right? Deuteronomy 25, look at verse 18. He said, I want you to remember Amalek how he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee. You know what else uh, Amalek does? He attacks the weak. He zeroes in on the feeble. Now look, when we think about that, I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just despicable. Isn't it terrible? You see... You see uh, uh, someone uh, focus in on, on, uh, on the elderly and take advantage of the elderly or little children. Listen, in our eyes, that's the lowest of the low. Doesn't get any lower than that. You know what that is? That's Amalek. Well, I'd never do that. You're dragging around Amalek. Your Amalek is capable of some heinous things. But Amalek, listen, you sit there and say, well, not me. That's exactly what Amalek wants you to think. Amen. Say, preacher, this is not a Friday night message. This is a Monday night message. Well, this is the one we got. Amalek will sneak up behind you. He'll attack the feeble. 
It says this, uh, uh, when, when they were faint, when thou was faint and weary. So we see how he attacks. We see who he attacks. He's, we see when he attacks. When they got faint and weary. Listen, the journey gets long. And sometimes we get tired. And, and at the end of a week of meetings, guess what? We're tired. I was talking to Brother Hagen before the service. He was telling me where he'd been. He'd been at this meeting, then that meeting. He's leaving here and going to another meeting. I said, man, it sounds like you're an evangelism, brother. He said, I'm tired, brother. It gets tiring. Brother James, y'all were down in Florida last week. Come back, hit the ground running right into meetings here at the church. The body gets tired. Come right out of men's retreat. Right? And, and I've always wondered about that, men's retreat. What are we running from? Probably our wives, amen. <laughs> fall back, men, fall back. Just busy, busy. You know, you know one of the things that the, that the Antichrist is going to do during the tribulation, he's going to try to wear out the saints. And I think he's getting a head start on us now, trying to wear us out. Wear us out. Be careful when you get worn out. Here comes Amalek. You know, rest is a biblical doctrine. You better get some rest. Amen? Old Amalek, he just wants to attack. He sees you weary. He sees you tired. Man, he's going to jump on and try to uh, turn you away from God. And so there's, there's how he attacked, there's who, there's when, and then there's why. The end of the verse, he says, and he feared not God. Let me tell you something about your flesh. It does not fear God. And the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. You know how you, you, know how you teach and train your children? The first button you push is fear. Well, I, I, just, I just want them to know how much I love them, and I want them to know that when they do wrong, it makes me feel bad. They don't care how you feel. Amen. They care how they feel. You know why? Because they're little Amaleks. That's what they are. Come on, I know your children are different, but they're not. All, all they're in connection to is that fleshly part of them. They haven't been spiritually made alive. They haven't even grown to the part where they, they understand emotions and feelings and all that stuff. What they understand is physical feelings. Amen. I'm trying to put this carefully. But there's a reason why God built us the way he built us. Amen? It's not just meant to sit on. Reason why he got extra padding back there, amen? Amen. You know what you do? You teach them to fear dad and mom so that eventually they'll fear God. Is that right? Guess what? Amalek does not naturally fear God. As a matter of fact, Amalek really never does fear God. And that's why they're able to do all these terrible things to the children of Israel. They're following behind them, looking for the sick, the weak, the old. They're looking for when they have an opportunity, when they're tired and, and helpless and, and thirsty, and they're just looking for a chance to pounce and destroy that's Amalek. Here's the sad thing about it. We coddle Amalek. And we just, we, you know, we serve Amalek. And we feed Amalek. And Amalek hates us. Beware. Beware of Amalek. You know what Romans chapter 8 tells us? Let's just turn there, okay? We've got a few minutes, right? If I preach too long tonight, uh, you probably won't come back to tomorrow, but that's okay. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. 
Nobody's got a further drive than I do tonight. Amen. Romans chapter 8. Look at it with me. Now, this is important. We, we, I, I'm afraid that we, we paint a picture of the flesh that does not truly exist. And we start believing that. Amalek is despicable. Romans chapter 8. Look at, uh, oh man, I'd love to read this whole passage, but I can't. Look at verse number 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind... What's the carnal mind? That's Amalek. The carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Look at this. Neither indeed can be. You know, we got a whole group of Christians and we, we keep thinking, I've got to make Amalek fit into the plan of God and love the plan of God and do the plan. Listen, Amalek will never, it cannot please God. As long as Amalek is in charge, you will not please God. You better be aware of Amalek. You say, you know, I, you know I'd, I'd read my Bible, but I just don't really feel like it. Amalek's never going to feel like reading the Bible. Amalek's never going to feel like praying. Never going to feel like preaching on the street or knocking on doors or witnessing to your neighbors or being a testimony for Christ. Amalek is not ever going to get to that place. That's why he cannot be allowed to be in charge. That's why he cannot be allowed to run havoc in your life. He cannot be subject to the law of God. And so we need to be aware of Amalek. This is why God wants us to remember Amalek. And God tells his people, remember what Amalek did unto you. You know what he's saying? Amalek cannot be trusted. Do not trust Amalek. And so therefore, not only do we need to be aware of Amalek, but we need to battle Amalek. We need to battle Amalek. Go back to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17. Everybody still with me? Exodus 17. Look at verse number 8. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men. Men. It's good to see men in a church. Go to too many churches, not many men. He said, Choose us out men. And that doesn't mean, ladies, that you can't fight Amalek. You better fight it. But there's a dearth of men fighting Amalek. He said, choose us out, men, and go out. Fight with Amalek. I just don't think fighting is what we ought to do. That's the modern church mentality. We shouldn't fight. Quakers without the conviction. Amen. He said, fight with them. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. 
But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side, the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar, called the name of it Jehovah, Jehovah Nissi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the, that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So this is their big battle with Amalek. And, uh, and they do go to battle against Amalek. They don't just say, well, you know, he didn't mean to. And he's sneaking up behind us and, and you know, taking out the, the weak ones and the feeble ones. You know, that's just the way he is. And, you know, we're just going to have to live with it. No, go to battle against him. Fight. Don't give in to him. Don't put up with him. Don't make room for him. Don't make provision for him. Make not provision for the flesh. Who are you cooking for? Amen. We cook for the flesh all week long and then, and then we're shocked that we don't have spiritual victory. Come on. We let our minds go get drugged through the filth of the world, sitting there in front of the television or scrolling on our phones and feeding the flesh and feeding the flesh and feeding the flesh, and then we're shocked. My, how come I don't have victory? Don't feed him. Fight him. How are we going to fight him? Take up the sword. Amen. Take up the sword. You know what Moses said? He said, Joshua, get down there and take the sword to that flesh. Amen. You know what you need to do to beat the flesh? You've got to take the sword to it. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Take the sword to the flesh. It'll get the job done. Moses here, he's up on top of the mountain. You know what he's doing? He's lifting up his hands. What's he doing when he's lifting his hands up like that? Well, I don't know exactly, but I, I seem to think that he's probably asking for God's help. It is supplication. He's looking to the Lord and he's saying, listen, I understand I cannot beat Amalek on my own. I need the Lord and I need the sword and I need the people of God to help me. Moses up there, listen, Moses, the man of God, if anybody could stand up there and hold his arms up all day long, we'd expect Moses could. But guess what? He got tired. He got weary. You know what he needed? He needed some brethren to come along beside him and hold up his arms. Listen, you're not going to beat the flesh not being a part of a church. You need the brothers and sisters of God to help you in your walk and in your fight against the flesh. You know what? Listen, you know what happens when you've got others with you in the fight? They're there to encourage you, but they're there for accountability as well. They start seeing your arms sagging down a little bit. Oh. Hey, let's get over there. Let's hold up one another's arms. Seeking God, praising God, looking to Him. And, and we can, listen, we can have the victory over Amalek. Do you believe that? They stood. Amen. They stood their ground. That's what he tells us to do in Ephesians chapter 6. You know, you read that passage in the armor of God. He never tells you to charge. He never tells us to, to uh, take the battle to the enemy. Know what he tells us to do? Get all suited up. 
and stand. Just stand. You know what we got too many? They're folding in the face of the battle. It's Listen, it's getting harder and harder to stand on that book, to stand in the old time way. Amen. Because more and more are falling off and they're chasing the, the things of this world and the ways of the world. And this is how you build a church and this is how you keep your family and all of those things are Amalek. Man's wisdom. Listen, God knows word will work let's just stand upon the word of God get your armor on and stand and look to God and watch him give the victory sorry brother Wall didn't mean to spit on you there I saw it go okay amen hallelujah just stand These men, they, they stayed up Moses' hands. That's what it says in verse number 12. Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. In order to stay up Moses' hands, you know what you have to do? Stay with the man of God. Amen. Here, listen, we've got such a high expectation so many times of our pastors and leaders, and we don't apply that to ourselves. Come on. I I just don't think he ought to get tired. Well, he does. I I don't think his arms should be going down. Well, maybe you're supposed to be standing next to him, lifting him up. Amen. When's the last time you just sent your pastor a text or, or a leader in the church a text? One of the deacons said, I'm praying for you. I thank God for you and I'm praying that God will bless you and fill you with his spirit and encourage you and help you to stand. If you need someone to help you to stand, I'm here. I'm going to stay. Amen? That will help in the battle against the flesh. Now watch, watch this in verse number 19 of chapter 25. Chapter 25 of Deuteronomy. Back to Deuteronomy. Look at this. In verse 19, it says, he says this, Therefore it shall be, when the Lord thy God hath given thee rest from all thine enemies round about, in the land which uh, the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Thou shalt not forget it. I was interested as as I was reading this verse and just thinking about exactly what the Lord's saying here. He says, when you have gotten rest from all your enemies round about, then take care of Amalek. I was thinking about that. If I'd been writing this, in my vast wisdom, I'd have said, boy, you better take care of Amalek before you start worrying about other things. That sounded right to me. But you know what the Lord understood? And he understands? You're always going to be battling Amalek. If you wait until you've got Amalek all under control before you start battling other things, you're never going to battle other things. Listen. God's going to give you victory in some areas of your life. And there's going, to be, there's going to be some areas you're going to get total victory over on this side of heaven. Some of you maybe before you got saved, maybe you're a drunkard. Oh, I'm sorry, it's 2023, we don't say that word anymore. And then you got saved, and maybe you struggled with it for a while after you got saved, but God gave you victory over it, and now you don't even have a desire for it anymore. Praise God for that. Maybe there are other vices, other sins. Maybe there's some convictions that God has put in your life since you got saved, and those are battles that you have won, and you say, I've got victory over those things. I'm not going to deal with those things anymore. Guess what? Amalek is not like that. You're going to deal with Amalek until you go to the grave. 
I said it earlier in the week. Somebody said, I just don't deal with it. I don't have a battle with the flesh anymore. Then you're losing. I, just, I, don't, battle with the, I don't battle with the flesh anymore. My dad used to work with a guy, and the guy said, I'm, I'm perfect. I haven't sinned in 16 years, I think he said. I haven't, I haven't sinned in 16 years. And dad said, you're a liar. The guy got mad. Dad said, ha, you just sinned. You got angry. I mean, that's one of the times when you kind of get a little glad that somebody sinned, you know. Because he's so blinded by his pride, he didn't see that he was living in sin continually because of his pride. That's another one you're a fight to the, to the grave. I'll tell you why. Because it is the seed of Amalek. The devil is a king over all the children of pride. Oh, man. That old flesh. Listen, every one of us fights pride in some way, shape, or form. If you come up to me and say, preacher, I, don't, I haven't dealt with pride in years. I'm, I'm not going to believe you. Just you telling me that tells me that you're losing that battle. Amen. <laughs> but he said, listen, you get all these enemies round about, you get them all squared away, and you got peace all around and rest all around. Then will blot out the remembrance of Amalek. Brings me to my last point here. Be aware of Amalek, battle Amalek, and then this, blot it out. Notice he tells them to blot out the remembrance of Amalek. Now remember, the beginning of the passage, he says, remember what Amalek did to you. Right? He said, I don't want you to forget what Amalek did. So don't forget about Amalek, but I want you to get to the point in your life where you blot out the remembrance of Amalek. Think about that. He said, I want you to blot out the remembrance of Amalek. Now, I was thinking about blotting something out. When you blot something out, you don't erase it. Right? You just cover it up. Is that right? Listen, as we've already established, you're going to deal with Amalek and the flesh until the day you die. Here's the best thing, the best way to deal with Amalek until you check out of here. Cover him up. Amen. What am I going to blot him out with? Well, blood's a pretty good blotter. You know what you need to do? You and I need to do? We need to let the life of Christ blot out anything that resembles Amalek from our lives. We need to be Christ-like. Blot out Amalek. Here's one of the things that grieves me about this modern church movement. It glorifies Amalek. It glorifies Amalek. It's it's good for us to remember, okay, where God saved us from. Amen? But we also need to understand and we need to emphasize what God saved us to. Right? And not glorify Amalek, but glorify Christ. Not magnify Amalek, but magnify Christ. Not magnify the blot of sin, but magnify the blood of Christ. I don't want to hear 12 and 15 songs about how rotten you are. I know you're rotten. Amen. I come to church to hear how rotten the flesh is all the time. We need to be reminded of it, but I want to bathe in it. I'm just so bad, and I'm just so worthless, and I'm just trash, and I'm just garbage, and I'm... Hey, we get it. Let's sing about how good God is. 
Let's sing about the blood of Christ that cleanseth us from all. Blotted out. Now, look what the Lord says in Exodus 17. In Deuteronomy, he says, listen, you get rest all around you, and I want you to blot out the remembrance of Amalek. Now he's saying do the best you can to just get Amalek out of the picture. Cover him up. That's the best you can do. Let's look at Exodus 17. Exodus 17. And you see here that the Lord instructs Moses to write in the book. And I sure am glad he wrote this in the book. Amen. And rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, verse 14. Look what it says right after the name Joshua. Rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. Look what it says. For I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. That's a little different than blotting out Amalek. Listen, you know what? The best we can do is just blot out Amalek. That's the best we can do on this side of heaven. But the Lord says, hey, I want you to rehearse this in the ears, write it in the book. I want you to think about this because one day I'm not just going to blot out Amalek. I'm going to put him out. Listen, man, I love heaven. I haven't been there yet, but I'm looking forward to being there. We talked about last night how our, how our afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. Here's another reason I'm looking forward to heaven. All these days on earth, every day, you know what I have to do? I have to cover up Amalek. No, Amalek, not today, Amalek. The Bible says put off the old man, and that's all we do. We just put him off, and he comes back. You put him off, and he comes back, and you put him off, and that's the best we can do. But there is a day, praise God, when we get to heaven, God's going to say, Amalek is no more. I'm going to put out. Boy, you remember when you failed that time? I don't remember it. Remember old Amalek? Who? I don't know who you're talking about. No more Amalek in heaven. To me, that's one of the greatest things about heaven. No sin. Not even a temptation. Sin can't live in heaven because there's no host for sin in heaven. There's no place for sin to rest in heaven. None of us are getting into heaven with our sin. That's why it's so important that you receive what Christ did on the cross for your sin in putting away, blotting out the ordinances that was written against us. Took it out of the way. You better get your sins taken care of here because you're not carrying them to heaven. He's going to put it out. You know, we're blotting it out, blotting it out. Get, get back, Amalek. I don't want people seeing you. I don't want people hearing you. Let's just cover him up. Lord, would you help me cover him up? Let's cover him up. But one day, we're not going to be covering him up anymore. We'll be in the image of Christ. All sin, gone. Not even a memory. God's going to put him out. He's going to put him out. There's a lot of problems with Amalek through the scripture. You see it. So many times he said, hey, put out the, or blot out the remembrance of Amalek. He tells Saul, hey, kill them all. Get rid of them all. And Saul, listen. Think about it. Saul said, oh, I spared, I just spared Agag, the king, 
and just some sheep and oxen and stuff. Though that can't be true. Because Samuel killed Agag. And guess what? Later on, ever heard of Haman? You know what he was? Well, he's an Agag guy. He was a Malachite. Just when you think, man, he's gone, he's going to pop up somewhere else. But when we get to heaven, no more Malachites popping up. They're all going to be gone. Remember Amalek. Don't forget him. Come out of this meeting. God's blessed your heart, encouraged you, and strengthened you. Be aware of him. Go to battle against him. Blot him out. And look forward to that day when God puts him out. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, God, for the truths, for the help. And Lord, we can, we can blot out the remembrance of Amalek. Help us not to miss that truth as we rejoice in the day that he'll be put out. Help us to be faithful, to be on guard against the flesh. Not allow the flesh to have supremacy in our lives. God, I pray that we would avail ourselves to the tools that you've given us, the armor, the sword, prayer, the brethren, the church, our leaders. God, you've, you've given us so much. And Lord, I pray that we would take heed and be on guard against Amalek. Lord, it's so easy to see Amalek in someone else's lives. But Lord, I pray that we would realize and focus upon our own heart, our own lives. Realize, Lord, that we need to be aware. You can give us the victory if we'll follow your way. In Jesus' name I pray.